The Sunshine Patriot in a crisis shrinks from the service of their country. But winter is coming. Did you hear the call? Winter is coming, and we know what is coming with it. No matter your thoughts or convictions, you must be prepared for the hardships that come with the winter. No matter your current position on the journey, stay a while. This is where you can find the tools and the fire to continue on your path. Join Odin and Fear and answer. Hello, welcome to another episode of Winter's Call Podcast. I'm Odin. This is Tyr. So, uh, um, you made a triumphant return onto a certain social media platform. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if if I would call it a triumphant return or there was a whole bunch of people that went, oh shit. (laughs) The... I don't want to talk about it a whole lot. We agreed that we're not going to talk about it on the podcast. We have more important shit to do. But uh, do you feel better? I'm going to be honest. If it wasn't for our lovely queen, I probably wouldn't have done what I did. I would have just ignored them. But yeah, kind of. It was very cathartic. Did, did it feel better to see all the people who showed up on the live and sit here just wanted to show you love? I know there was a lot of hate there, but you know we're used to that. Yeah, There's no, it was... people who sit here and missed you and said, hey, welcome back, asshole. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was kind of nice. Um, I'm not going to focus very heavy on it. I want to use it to, to promote us here and try to get people over here where we have a real conversation. But yeah, it was kind of nice uh, like to, to realize that people were still listening to the messages that you and I worked on before. Right, uh, right. And they still care. It gives me some hope for humanity, just well, at least for our side. Yeah, some. I'm a pessimistic, glass half full kind of. All right. So today we're going to talk about. I just, you know, I just wanted to see if it made you feel better. Know how much people, I, you know, with, you know, if you were to listen to the just the bad shit that got to you, which is when we stayed off the platform, all you were getting was all the negative crap, right? But now. You're on, you get to see both sides, you get to find out that you weren't really the villain, and uh, people love you, so. That's kind of nice, I'm not gonna lie, it is, it is nice, <laughs> but like I said there, uh, and I said it at the end, uh, two things, one's a very egotistical sounding statement, but it's not really, uh, I said it for both of us when I said that the lion does not care what the shrew thinks. Right. I, I learned something with you. Um, you've taught you've taught me that there are times where you do not have to address. Yeah. That the people that the people that matter don't care. And the people that don't matter, you don't care about. So Right. And then the the other people that are like, Good. Well, let's get back to the message. What have you been up to? I was like, you know that 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 right there. Made me feel better than all the rest of it, right? Yeah, the no, the number of people that sit here and just came back and went, "We missed you so much." I don't know if they missed you or so. So you gonna take on your TikTok persona again, or you you tear full time now? I'm gonna be honest with you: the Southern Chumford is dead. All right. There's only the rabble rousing tear now. Fair. I mean, I to be honest with you, uh, yeah, everybody adopts a persona. Whenever you hit social media or whenever you're trying to spread something, everybody adopts a persona. It doesn't mean that you're faking. I, sometimes that's just your most comfortable feel. But I'm more comfortable now than I was even before. Uh, just because here we're we're us. Yeah. I don't care. I want you to listen to what I say, not not everybody else's bullshit. Right, right, right. But uh, speaking of bullshit, there was oh. an article you shared to me that has me rather steamed. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so the topic that we're going to talk about today mostly is uh, we're going to talk about the concept of martial law. And I think it's important. And... You want to talk about the article that I shared with you? <laughs> I, I hit you with so many of them right before because it was funny. But Yeah, you, you like to keep me off kilter, which is fun. Um, so let's play Stump the Chump here for a second. 
Israel is declaring that they're going to go with, you know, martial law. And that's terrifying in and of itself. But we'll address martial law in a little bit. What I found interesting are two other particular articles. The one that 30% of all the new COVID cases in the United States, right? Right. Are in New York. But everybody wants to report (laughs) about the few cases you all have had down in Florida. We don't even pay attention anymore. The other thing was when I realized that, you know, what is it? Beetlejuice and E.T.'s love child. What's her name again? Lori Lightfoot. Ah, uh, yeah. The uh, the mayor of Chirac. Uh, hadn't paid more attention to her happy Kwanzaa speech than she did to the fact that there were 22 people murdered in her town by gunshots. Well, let's be honest. She wants to make everybody feel good because there ain't no money in their bank account. Oh, I wasn't going to say it. I was going to leave that for you. <laughs> So we got, uh, we got, I have several videos of people who went in to go check their, uh, went in to go cash their check from the city of Chicago and the bank that they went to said, I'm sorry, there's no money in their account to see her pay it out. Holy crap. <laughs> like, I'm going to be honest. If somebody told me my paycheck wasn't, I'll be like, I'll be damned if you see me go back to work. Right. Like, I, I get that we joke and laugh about it being Chirac for all the violence, and it looks like a third-world country now, but Jesus, they're actually broke. Well, let's, <laughs> let, let's be honest. They probably spent all that money on fucking armor for their politicians. You know, since one of them got carjacked. <clears throat> but we won't go there. <laughs> uh, yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. You know what? Nice guy, gloves off. Don't give a shit. Let's just tell it as it is. The simple fact is you have a city that has decided they're going to defund the police. They're going to vilify anyone who tries to protect law and order. They are going to absolutely just crucify all first responders. And they're going to send in social workers to, to crime scenes. And then, funnily enough... Chick gets, you know, carjacked, and her husband defends her with a gun. Right. Rules for thee, but not for me. They're sitting up there in their little glass houses with their private security saying, well, I can have people with guns to protect me, but you can't have guns to protect you from anybody else. Well, of course. The the elite has always been that way. You, I mean, look. The same people who scream you shouldn't have a gun that it should be in the hands of the police are also the same people who are screaming defund the police. All right. That's stupid. But they're also the same people that sit here and have their own private security forces to sit here and protect their ass. So, yeah, they don't want guns anywhere. They just want the guns. Problem is, is that gun laws, all gun laws, are unconstitutional, first of all. And second of all... Only people who follow the laws, you know, A.K. not a criminal, are going to pay attention to those gun laws. I have a t-shirt. It's got one of my favorite quotes. It says, when guns are outlawed, I will be an outlaw. So... I was about to say the same statement, but I've got to thinking about it, especially after listening to Kramer and a couple other people, and then what you and I have talked about in the last couple of days... Realize that we're 30 to, what, 45 days away from your First Amendment doesn't matter. It'll be free speech will be outlawed. Your guns will be outlawed. Uh, There'll be no religious exemptions. You're going to turn law-abiding citizens into criminals. Overnight. But they've done that before. I I don't know why anybody is surprised. They do it all the time. They'll sit here and they'll make a law. They sit here and says, hey, uh, this is a... Uh, this is uh, how we're going to restrict gun rights now, and congratulations, you just made felons out of 90% of gun owners. I mean, California just had a gun law overturned about limiting the number of, uh, round, uh, uh, number of rounds in a magazine. So there was a law that said, hey, it's going to go to 10, and... They took it to court, and the court said, not so fast, that's unconstitutional, you can't tell anybody how much ammunition they can carry, and now it's going up the next stage in the courts. I hate to tell you this, folks, it's going to pass. 
it's going to pass. They're going to sit here and say, yeah, only you can only have 10 rounds uh, in a magazine. And that's all you get. Now, wait, you so, want to know my favorite argument there? All right. My favorite, my, my absolute favorite argument is you get these gun hating, freedom hating cucks. Yes, I call them that. They're like, well, you know, the founding fathers didn't said you don't need that much to, you know, hunt. And I was like, yes, but the, the right to bear arms had nothing to do with hunting. Unless you call two-legged varmints hunting. Right. It is to protect yourself from a tyrannical government. Hello. <laughs> they understood, the founding fathers understood something that today's society has lost. Is that a man is only free if he bears arms. Period. They understood. They understood, and, and I want people who disagree with me on this point to see or reach out to us. They understood that guns were so instrument in protecting their freedoms and the way of survival that they did not put on the stipulation that if you were a felon that got out of jail, you shouldn't be allowed to own a firearm. That doesn't exist because they believed that if somebody went and did their time, they had done their time, and therefore they should be reinstituted into society with their firearms because firearms were necessary for survival. And if you don't think they don't, by the end of this episode, you will. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. It comes back to a similar to a statement that you and I have used on multiple occasions. A, a peaceful man is not a man incapable of violence. A peaceful man is a man capable of all manner of unspeakable acts of violence when it comes to protecting his friends, his family and his, his principles. Anyone who is incapable of action in that regard is impotent, not peaceful. And it comes down to the point when, when you show the government you have no teeth, you're fucked. Well, Jordan Peterson, who you keep bastardizing that quote, says harmless, not impotent. But <laughs> I like the term impotent, okay? I get my, it's a double entendre. Fuck off. <laughs> You got no balls, man. <laughs> Pretty much. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm not harmless. No, you're impotent. <laughs> but anyhow, so, so we're talking about martial law. And if you don't think it's coming, I suggest you look around the world. There was a time where stuff that happened in Europe took 15 to 20 years to make it here. But that timeline has been sped up, right? We have mm -hmm. gone from a world that thought that concentration camps were evil and never would we forget to establishing them in multiple countries throughout the world. Then you have uh, forced vaccinations. In Austria, you have people, they're hiring people to go track down, to go track down people who escaped vaccination. You have stories coming out of Australia where people who <coughs> escaped from a COVID camp are being flashed on like they're felons simply because uh, they got out of a COVID camp because they tested negative. Nope. Don't care. You know, in, in the UK, they're actually going door to door for people that have not been vaccinated. By the way, remember, to be fully vaccinated now, you have to have all three shots of working on your fourth one. All right. If you only have two, double vaccinated and unvaccinated are not considered, they're, they're considered the problem. Yeah. They're all grouped together. And you sit there and you realize they're going door to door in the UK. They've already got concentration camps in Australia. Israel's going under martial law. Not only under martial law. If you sit here, here I'm going to read it to you authorizes restrictions on the unvaccinated and double-vaxxed even without medical justification for punishment purposes only. It will Israel will become the first country to allow direct punishment of the, vaccinate, or the unvaccinated and double-vaccinated. We told you. We tried to tell you. Hey, wake up. They're coming for you. And if you don't think it's happening in the United States, look at New York. Jeez. Okay. You like cannot you said. buy or sell without the mark of the. I mean, without the COVID nineteen passport. <laughs> that you cannot go to a play. You can't go to school. You can't do that. All of these different, uh, all of these different laws in the different countries are sitting here and telling you, you can go here. You can't go here if you're unvaccinated. 
You can go here, you can't go here. As a matter of fact, Fauci came out and said, I wouldn't spend the holidays with people who are unvaccinated. They want to isolate you. They want to do all this stuff. Now, what was it you and I said that it would be, you know, everybody should break out the little yellow star, and then you sent me an article where it's not a yellow star? No, it's a little (laughs) yellow square. He says fully vaccinated on it. Um, What I find interesting is these places that have the hardest crackdown, and they all say, well, we're not, you know, we're not forcing you to get the vax. It's like you're taking away the livelihood. You're taking away the ability to work, the ability to get food, the ability to pay bills. The ability to socialize, the ability, you know, how else? I mean, you could say you're not forcing it, but you are. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. So explain this logic to me in New York City. For nope. those of you who aren't paying attention. Hold on. So someone who is unvaccinated but not sick with COVID can't they they're not allowed to sit inside a New York restaurant. But a vaccinated person with an active transmissible COVID infection, can flash a vaccine passport and gain entrance. Does that make sense? Sure, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in Canada, if you sit here and you board a train, somebody posted a picture, posted a train in Montreal, they make you wear a yellow sticker to show that you're vaccinated. Well, at least it's not in the shape of a star. It's got a check my box on it, and it... Okay, look. <laughs> it's still too damn close. The similarity is too eerie. Like, okay, really? Why did they pick that color? How do you know what color it is? Because you told me. And that's true. It's lucky I have a machine that tells me what color shit is on my phone. Okay, you and I are going to have to talk about where I can get one of those because it's it's awful. It sucks being full spectrum colorblind. <laughs> and I apologize if anybody keeps hearing a weird sound. Uh... No, I have toned it down so that you can't hear it. Oh, thank God. You're welcome. Because <laughs> I'm going absolutely nuts over here. <laughs> so anyhow, but. Uh... So. We're talking about martial law. And so, which should scare inter- you? Let me hold on. Let me let me read the definition. All right. Martial law is the temporary substitution of military authority for civilian rule, and is usually invoked in times of war, rebellion, or natural disaster. So, when martial law is in effect, the military commander of an area or the country has unlimited authority to make and enforce laws. Martial law is justified when civilian authority has ceased to function, it's completely absent, or has become ineffective. And it's important that you understand the next part. Martial law suspends all existing laws as well as civil authority and the ordinary administration of justice. In the United States, martial law may be declared by proclamation of the president or a state governor. But such a formal proclamation is not necessary. The U.S. Constitution makes no specific provision for the imposition of martial law. Nearly every state has a constitution. However, every state constitution, nearly every state, has a provision authorizing the government to impose martial law. The power of martial law, once held to be nearly absolute, has limitations. For example, civilians may not be tried by military tribunals as long as civilian courts are functional. Pay attention to that part. (laughs) Nonetheless, within the bounds of court decisions, the military commander's authority under martial law is virtually unlimited. So, if you don't think it's coming... Now, the reason I wanted you to pay attention is if you notice that it doesn't have to come from... It doesn't have to come from the president. Governors can also declare martial law. This is important. Because as you get... Certain conditions to arise, right, such as, what's a good one? Oh, wait, here we go. December 27, 2021, from the New York Post. Food prices are reportedly expected to rise again in January. If you're barely making it and it comes up and you're starving, you're either going to be forced to get vaccinated to go into the food kitchens, which we covered the last time, 
or this is my favorite part you're gonna have to sit here and resist enough people decide that they're gonna take that i'm gonna resist thing you're gonna get people who sit here and have decided that they are going to uh impose martial law because there's so many people rioting there have been and i will list many of the cases of martial law declared in the united states however they all happen for different reasons, and it's totally discretionary when they declare them. If you don't think that this is where we're headed, I have a big shock for you. <laughs> January 7th, the Supreme Court decides on whether or not Biden's mandates are constitutional or not. Who do you think they're going to side with? They have to side with Biden because they've already made decisions and they've already made, you know, they've already compromised themselves in other ways. They have to side with it so that they, to keep the narrative going. Do you think I'm wrong? No, unfortunately, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, what I think is that if you don't believe it's about to hit there and rather quickly, you're e either willfully blind, fucking stupid, or hopelessly naive. Well, we've looked at the number of times, the, or we're about to look into the number of times that martial law has been declared, but think about it. In 2006, or 2007, they passed the NDAA and a bunch of extra laws to extend the powers of the government during a time of martial law. That was Bush for anybody who's paying attention. In 2012, Obama passed a law that said that people who gathered food more than a certain amount are guilty of hoarding, hoarding in a time of national emergency. Let that sink in. If you prepared, if you did what you're supposed to do, and martial law is declared, they it gives them the authority of all U.S. resources. Unlimited authority. They have a farm that they don't like? Shut it down. They have cars. They, you have a car that has fuel in it. They need fuel. They can come and take your car and take your fuel. You have extra food, they can come and take your food. You have water stored, they can come and take that water. And don't let them fool you with the whole if you you know if you give us your food, we'll give you a voucher. So you be head of the line when it comes to uh supplies handed out. No, 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 no. If you do not stand up now, when it's easy to stand up, you, you will, will never not stand, stand up, up when, it's hard. when times are hard. Yeah. It's uh, that's why I always keep telling people it's the little things. There are some things that don't matter, but there are things like the let's just say mask mandates, lockdowns, things that you could have said no to the vaccine, vaccine mandate for your job. It all starts escalating from there. And the fact that you didn't fight it when it first started. Makes it exponentially harder if you ever do decide to change your mind. Mm hmm. Well, let's not forget the fact that people voted for Biden because Biden said he had a plan for dealing with COVID. Today, oh, today, <laughs> Biden says there is no federal answer to deal with the COVID and it is on the heads of the governors and then went on fucking vacation. Surprise. All you people who voted for him because he said he was going to defer your student loan payments. Surprise! Guess he's going to have to start paying them in January. February, I think. Maybe one of them. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. I just can't help myself. I just got to. Fuck! Joe Biden. We used to give all manner of shit to Obama for going golfing all the time. People gave all manner of shit Trump for going down to Mar-a-Lago, Mar -Lago, however you say it. But this man, we're literally in his self-styled crisis 
just goes, yeah, no, you know what? The federal government ain't got nothing to do with it. It's all on the states, which is funny to me because what that does is it allows him to make statements to Democratic governors and Republican governors. And they will lock it down. See, and, and what's really horrible about this is the states do have the right where the federal government doesn't in a lot of things. That's why I read the definition of martial law. If you look, if you look, right, you can sit here and uh, look at the definition where it says state right or state has the ability to declare martial law. Do you think that in New York, if people were to rise up, and they are, I saw the videos today of people protesting in front of the governor's uh, office today, right? They were protesting, right? That if that, those numbers get to a certain high, get high enough that she won't declare martial law? I, I think they will. I think they're just looking for a reason now. In California. California is in a unique position. There are more. There are more uh, red voters there than most anywhere else in the world or in the United States. You wouldn't know that because... California is ruled by the blue cities, but there are a ton of uh, Republican voters there, right? You don't think that if the people in the red counties sit here and go, we're not going to listen to your mandate, that they're not going to sit here and be like, uh, martial law. You're well, only going to happen. Well, see, here's the great thing about martial law. From a strategic point of view, like if, if you're if you really want to look at it tactically, the great thing about martial law is your rights no longer matter. Correct. It's the suspension of you habeas do, corpus. Yeah, you could do whatever you want. You can charge anybody with whatever you want. You can, you know, try them in a court, uh, a a military court. Uh, you can't try them in a military court if the civilian courts are still operating. Uh, if if they declare martial law, how far how fast do you think they, before they'll shut down the? Well, I court. agree with you. I'm just saying that. that well, I, I left that state that that particular step implied because I feel like they would shut down everything and they would place you, know, you would you would go into more of a military warlord dictatorship. Fair. You would have a group. You would have everyone's got the same. Like all the military leaders that are in over these little pockets of territory would ostensibly be together and on the same side but they basically have carte blanche to do whatever the fuck they want well what's scary is that if you think about it that they wouldn't even sit here and have to be it won't be everybody's like well that means that the blue states will be locked down and the red states will be open and free and everything will be hunky-dory we'll get that division without firing a single shot however absolute power corrupts absolutely <laughs> if the red states who were okay with the lockdowns they were okay with locking everything down and having that power, and they're still having mask mandates run through their ta run through their state. You don't see they'll look at the power that is given them or given to the governors in the blue states, unrestricted power of martial law. Well, you don't I think you don't think that they'll jump at that chance? Well, remember, you know, freedom and and control once. Once you give that to the government, you'll never get it back unless you fight. They will never relinquish any ounce, any iota of power yep. they have. You vote your way into a tyranny and have to fight your way out. Yeah, you have to shoot your way out. It's. But, okay, here, here, here's a good one. Uh, and we're going to do this one because the Texas governor has an election this year. If he looks at the polls, right, he doesn't want to get out of that position of power, right? No. If he looks at the polls, figure 90 days before an election, right, and he doesn't see that it's going to go his way, you don't think he'd declare martial law? He's only a conservative Texan when it's close to election time. <laughs> Fair, fair, but I don't think anybody running against him is going to be too much better. I, let's be honest here. You can put in anybody you want, but, you know, Dan Crenshaw, 
isn't running against it. But Dan Crenshaw would be a terrible choice. Chad Prather, uh, I'm on the fence about. I like Chad Prather. I listen to his podcast all the time. I think that he's a funny guy. I think he's got good ideas. And I just what, don't think he can execute them. Uh, being a governor gives you a certain elevated power base that, like, governors statistically in an individual state have more power than the president. Which is as it should be. Yeah, that's how it was designed. I think that there's a very good possibility that uh, Chad Prather would do very well as governor. Uh, I have some issues with some of his stuff, but I understand that he is not running for a national office. He's running for a state office. Uh, So when he says we're Texans first before we're Americans, I get that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not disparaging Prather. I like Prather. I've also listened to his podcast. I think he's got a lot of great ideas. My problem is how many times have we watched people that we respected get into a position of power and very quickly it corrupts and it changes them? There are there are those that stand strong. There are those that sit here and they make an occasional compromise, but they still, you know, freedom first. Like I get that. You know, um, I'm not so worried about uh, Prather. What I what I do fear is that people get their butts hurt if Prather was to win the primary. That people who are Abbott always Abbott forever, right? Because listening to the campaign speeches and the interviews of people <laughs> out of Texas, they think that if they're if Prather gets in or Alan West gets in, right? that it'll split the Republican Party so that a Democrat will get in. I don't think that that is going to happen. Because it's a fucking primary. Hopefully, you don't get so butthurt during the general election. They'd be like, nope, I'm only going to vote for Abbott. Any other time, I'm going to let Texas go blue because you hurt my fucking feelings. That would be stupid. And again... We have talked about this. You get the government you deserve. You, uh, is it you have, uh, you, you get the tyranny that you tolerate. Yes. What are you checking? I'm researching something on the uh, UK. Ah. Sorry, I wanted to double check on that because I, I was like, I can't believe they're actually going to go door to door. No, it's looking like they are. Yeah, they're going to go door to door to sit here and make sure people are vaccinated. And if you're not, they will join the list, the growing list of countries that are going to find their citizens for not getting a shot. Just think about that. They're going to fine you if you don't get a vaccine, um, an irreversible medical procedure, because that's what it is. It's oh, not it's like you can be like, no, I don't like the, I don't like the shot. Can you take it out now? <laughs> Some people seem to think that's how it works. It's what bothers me about it is that there are so many people that were tricked, that were confused or misled, that are now going to face complications. Like you mentioned it the other day, and I, I got to digging into it, and it's it's true where the the CDC had to actually put a warning label. Yeah, because on two of the known. vaccines, because now it is a known side effect to cause heart issues. Yeah, uh, I mean. They've known this for a long time, but it finally came out and they couldn't do anything about it. So they had to put a warning label on it. And you sit here, it's like, I don't understand. You, know, you, you, you tell us to follow the science. You tell us all this. other. It doesn't. It blows my mind. And, and the problem is they're going to be dealing. Anybody who took the vaccine, even if they wake up later, are going to be dealing with those complications for the rest of their life. And unfortunately, yeah. their children will, too. Yeah. Well, not only that, but it, you do understand that if they took it, it is so much easier to justify. Fine, I already took the other two. I'll just take this one. 
Well, it's like once you, um, okay, not to, nobody, well, fuck it. If you take offense, if the shoe fits, fucking wear it. Okay, it's like a crack addict, okay? You can get a crack addict and get them off of crack. But it, if you were to give them another piece of, you know, another, another hit of crack, they will be just as addicted, if not worse. Every step you make, every time you do it, I do it with smoking, every cigarette. It makes it that much harder to say no. It's a subconscious thing that that humans do. And when you make that first step towards acquiescing to tyranny, the next step doesn't seem all that bad. And the next thing you realize is you're sliding down a free fall. And it's too late. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I just want to go along to get along. So, we know that they're going to pressure people, and we know that people are going to give up. How do you prepare for martial law? Huh. I know that we both want to say, all right, you need to have food, you need to have, you know, weapons and ammo, and you need to be ready to have a plan. But to be honest, if you are a known stockpiler, they're going to come for you first. Yeah, fair. And there are a bunch of executive orders, and I wish I had remembered that we were going to talk about executive orders. I'll bring it up next time, or I'll make a video on it that talks about the different laws that allow them to basically null and void all of your preps. So, the number that one... Being said, go ahead. That being said, Pops has mentioned this multiple times. I remember, I'm a survivalist, so in my mind, I go. Like, I, I'll prep for stuff. But my, my goal is to survive. I will get where I'm going if they steal all my food, all my weapon, all my ammo. But if you are a prepper, never hold all of your eggs in one basket. Fair. Never bet all your money on one pony. Yeah. Or, here, here's... All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about OPSEC. I actually want to do a specific episode of prepping on OPSEC, but we'll give you a little taste here, right? All right, so operational security. Don't do what the fuck I'm doing. Don't get on here and go, okay, this is the type of food, this is how you need to store it, this is how I do it, because I'm an idiot. No, I'm just kidding. I want to make sure that everybody, as many people get prepared as possible, and I don't put it all in one spot. But here, here's a good, here's a good rule of thumb. If the government decides that it, it, if your mayor decides that, hey, the whole town has been isolated and people need money or, or need food and water and they know that you have food and water, right? If the state government, you know, all of the different government layers, it's like an onion. It's painful to eat and makes your eyes water. <laughs> but they sit here and they... They do this whole, you know, we're going to come. Rule of thumb is open up the doors to your, in your house. Hide it. In your house if you have to. Hide it. Uh, so that it's not in plain sight. So that if somebody opens the door and they see, like, all of your food stockpiled in a pantry, they're going to be like, okay, we're taking all that. Don't do that. Hide it. Uh, put it in different areas around your house. If they know that you're a known prepper, right? Or if uh, your neighbors know. Because uh, if, like, here's a good example. Grid well, down. didn't we say, didn't we say when we were going over the prepper, we were talking about food and talking about other things. It's like, you know, you talk about your neighbors, you talk about your friends, you even talk about some of your family. They'll never turn on me. You say that. But what happens when it's you versus the life of their kid? Yeah. Uh, you you figure it this way that society is nine meals away from being a very dangerous situation. Nine meals. Just think about that. Nine meals. Most so we talking about profit meals or nine meals. If you what eat about... nine meals in a day, then we got <laughs> other issues to deal with. <laughs> But no, nine meals, because most grocery stores are three days worth of food and water on their shelves. Three days. Here, here's a perfect example of what you don't want to do. 
if you or the general mindset, if you sit here and you don't have your stuff squirreled away, right? Even for people that you know, right? You don't have stuff squirreled away in little caches so that people don't don't ever get to see your stockpile. If you have a well that's solar powered, <clears throat> or you have a hand well, and the grid goes down and people want water, right? All right. When you f when you give water to one person and they watch you get it from the well, that quickly turns into a thousand people wanting water. But that's why I make the statements like when it comes down. When it comes down to it, it is you and your crew versus the world. Until you are in a position where you have the security, where you have the productivity, the the ability to perpetuate your lifestyle, you don't have the luxury of being nice and helping others. Right. Because that big heart of yours one day is going to get you in trouble. Yeah, I can't say that. Apparently it gets me in trouble. That's why I said it. <laughs> but no, it's a true statement, though. Like, humanity, civility is is something that is the first casualty of any lockdown, any disaster. Yeah, that mask of civility is only there because there are laws to enforce it. But the moment that the need overrules the laws... Okay, here is something... Do you know who Steve Dace is? Steve Dace has said something... He's a podcaster. For the blaze, right? Uh, very. Uh, no, you probably didn't listen to him because he's a he's really big on religion. But he makes a very interesting point, right? And and I have used this quote many times to a lot of different people. And here's what I'm going to say. I totally forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Hold on, I need caffeine. So. <laughs> While while the gears are turning over here for Odin, let me let me address this. The 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 reason why I say that it is so you know you can talk a big game, you can you can pontificate from a moral high ground. It is easy to cast judgment on people when you have never been through it, but when you've been hungry, when you get that hunger, you get that thirsty. There's no amount that you will. There is no line you will not cross. For your survival. That is basic human nature. And when there's nothing else, there is no support of government. There is no support of law. There is no support of community. It is just you versus the world. You'd be surprised at what you are capable of in order to ensure your own survival. Yeah. I remember the quote now. Caffeine oh, hit brain. Caffeine hit brain. All right. So what he says, and it is true, not only, not only, uh, for government, but also for this current pandemic issue. We are not a nation of laws. People like to think that we are a nation of laws, but we are not. We are a nation of wills and always have been, right? When, when we decided that we were done listening to the intolerable acts from Great Britain, it was our will that forged out a nation. When slavery was legal, it was the will of the people to abolish it. We can change anything with our will. The same thing with this pandemic. I mean, pandemic. That there are laws that will be put in place. There are laws that exist. There are mandates. There are requirements. All of these things. But that is not what makes us us. It is our will. Is your will to sit here and take it up the ass over and over and over again, regardless of the evidence that says, hey, maybe we need to do more investigation. I don't care what your feelings are about the vaccine. Maybe we should sit here and do some more research. Maybe we should sit here and, you know, maybe we should sit here and wait a little long and not be so... uh so fucking motivated to sit here and just put whatever the government tells us in our arm. Politimide. <clears throat> right. So, but it is our will. Or do you Actually, have the will to stand up and say, make us? 
Do it. DDT, I dare you. DDT and Agent Orange. There we go. There's ones y'all cannot avoid. You can't call us conspiracy theorists for because those are documented. The fuck off. No, do thalidomide. Don't do DDT. Eh. Do you know that us stopping to use DDT has injured more people than using DDT did? As a matter of fact, do you know that we're the only country that stopped using DDT? Everywhere else in the world, people use DDT. It is just the United States. Why? Because Monsanto makes Roundup. Which is also... Okay, look, I have a question. Do you know what? Do you know the reasoning they gave for DDT? DDT is safe to humans. Because of the fucking condors. Yeah, I know that's not the story that you were told. This is destroying the environment and poisoning all these people. Bullshit. People all around the world use it without negative side effects all the time. We just care more about fucking animals than we do people. Which is stupid. I'm going to look into it again. I mean... It's one of the few times you and I actually differ on something, disagree on something. (laughs) The people who sit here and are all anti-DDT, right, are the same people that think that GMO grass is okay. And then in the in the Texas summertime, it gets so hot, it create it, the gas produces cyanide and kills thousands of heads of cattle. Or the fact that we grow our corn, our GMO corn, so that it has elements of Roundup within it. I know that's a straw man argument because the the ingredient that's in Roundup is totally safe, but Roundup has all of these negative connotations for it. I think it's hilarious. Keep my mouth shut. I don't have okay, look. I can't wear a hat right now because my head is bugging the fuck out of me. I'm not about to try to put a tinfoil one on. That being said. It's interesting to me that so many people are so willing to put things in their body because the government says so. Let's let's do one that's the opposite. You know, the federal government hates weed, right? Hates pot, hates THC. Do you know why they hate THC? Well, because you could use that instead of painkillers. You can use that instead of a lot of major medications. Big pharma pharma and and big tobacco pay more money to the government. Pay more money to the government, and the government hasn't figured out a proper way to tax it. The moment that they can find a way to tax it, it falls under the syntax group. Alcohol, cigarettes, that type of stuff. It falls into the syntax group, and they could just very, very, very quickly... Uh, if they can find a way to tax it, it will become legal. Ever think about how many people have this whole ideology that weed is a gateway drug, or... It, it it messes with you. Know, like, yeah, you know what's funny? I've never, the only time I've ever seen somebody high fight is if I was trying to steal their Snickers bar, okay? <laughs> like, it it's it's safer than alcohol. It's, it's you know, more medicinal than most alcohol or anything else. Uh, yet we've been told this lie. So everybody's like, well, oh, it's evil. It's shun this, shun this. And so you get a, a, a crew of hippies that go, well, fuck the government. I'm going to do it anyway. Right. Anytime the government tells you you have to put something in your body or it's illegal for you to put something in your body, you need to ask questions. Okay. I mean, one time that you could say that's all right is like, oh, you know, crack cocaine. Okay, those are bad. So I talked about cancer and B17, right? I know you didn't research it because you probably forgot about it because it was in the middle right before we did all the crazy episodes. Like, So, so, and I don't want to bring up names because simply name saying certain names instantly throws you into a crackpot or conspiracy theory category. So I'm not going to mention names, but I will use Big Pharma, right, in a general consensus, right? They decided that they were going to rewrite, rewrite the medical journals over a period of time, to take out alternative methods, alternative medicines, 
that are that people have used for thousands of years to replace it with these synthetic things. Here's a good one. Hydroxychloroquine. Oh, I know. I just said the thing that triggers all of the fucking sensors all around the world. Guess what? Do you know that that exists in nature? I'm going to say something. It's going to sound funny to you. This is going to make you chuckle, and I'm going to spring something on you for a change. Uh, You know my line of work. We're not going to get into that because I'd like to keep my line of work at the moment. But in my line of work, I deal with a lot of things. And one thing I have noticed over the last four weeks is a humongous upturn in the amount of people that are taking hydroxychloroquine. And ivermectin. (laughs) Yep, both of them. And I'm sitting here going, huh, seems like somebody woke up. Well, look, in in Japan, for people who sit here and go, well, you're not a doctor, neither is Bill Gates, bitch. Anyhow, so for anybody who wants to sit here and throw that card, allow me to introduce you to a study that was done in Japan with ivermectin. They literally told the people... who were pushing the vaccines to go pound sand. They started giving out ivermectin and COVID in Japan in terms of spreading cases and fatalities dropped like overnight. It was fucking insane. So you can go pound sand. Oh, you're not doing, you're not doing what, what was it I heard today? Oh yes. Unless you are a doctor, this is what I heard. Unless you are a doctor or you write for a medical journal, and your stuff has been peer-reviewed, and then you've published it, only then can you say you've done your research. Other than that, you're just Googling it, and it's called confirmation bias. Fuck off. I can read a fucking newspaper of somebody who did an actual study and then make that public. And sit here and read it. Did they forget that science starts out with one person asking why or why not? Yeah. Going against what was the accepted norm and proving that it was correct. Right. I don't have to do the research to give you a differing point of view from somebody who's actually a doctor who did that shit. But the people who are pro-vaccine sit here want to say, well, you're not a doctor. You're not doing your own research. Yeah, but here's a doctor who did it and then got shut down because didn't agree with the narrative. So fuck off. I have doctors that I can cite their studies just like you can. And yes, I've looked at the ones that disagree with me and their data and my data are the same. But it is my worldview and the fact that I interpret more than one case study before I make a decision one way or the other. Speaking of vaccines since we're here again i want to be done with this i'm tired of talking about covid but as long as the world moves more towards tyranny and martial law and all of these things because of covid i want to sit here and uh we'll talk about it even though i'm really tired of talking about it but here's what i want here's here's the last part i want to talk about today right is i want to talk about all of the people who are waking up and realizing that Trump may not be the individual they thought he was. He is literally angering his base. Like, I make no bones about the fact that I am not a super Trump guy. Right? I don't have a make America great again, keep America great. I'll have any Trump memorabilia whatsoever. Right? I don't care. I didn't vote for him in 2016. I voted for myself. I voted for him in 2020 because I was okay with most of his policies. And it was better than Biden. Right? Is the only reason that I voted for Trump in 2020. However, there are many things I wish he would have done different or actually done. But to watch people who are so pro-Trump and then sit here and be like, he said what? Take credit for the vaccine. Go get vaccinated. Go get the booster. I went and got the booster. If you don't go get the booster, you're falling into their plan. Who is they? Even to watch the Q people sit here and go after Trump. I disagree with Trump on the vaccine. 
But if I believed that he was, if I believed that he uh, was the Messiah, which is what a lot of them did, right? To sit here and change says more about your character than his. Because Trump has always been pro-vaccine. I just want to make that clear. Trump has always been pro-vaccine. The difference between Trump and Biden, and this is what people forget, right? And especially, apparently, a lot of Q people on the boards that I read have forgotten. He has always been pro vaccine. However, he is still make a choice, and it's your choice. The moment that he says it's not a choice is the point where you see and go, okay, you did some good things, but you need to be gone. Just saying. I'm pretty much already at that point. And and to some degree, I, I the, the blame doesn't rest solely on Trump. Uh, I think he did a lot of great things in office. I still think he's one of the best presidents we've ever had. However, what he's done out of office, how he has behaved, what he has pushed for, how he has acquiesced and bent for the system has bothered me. But it is the rabid constituency that he has created. That bothered me the most. He was an imperfect tool for their rage against the system. Uh, legitimately so. I mean, they have a legitimate reason to be angry with the system. But you re- the problem that I don't think a lot of people realize is you run the risk when you have a, a such a polarizing leader. You run the risk of becoming the exact thing that you hate. The liberal snowflake, except now you're the Trump-tarted snowflake yeah it's all it is like you have people that yo if you dare speak against trump then you're just not a patriot it's like well if trump ever demands that i take this vaccine then he's not either a tyrant is a tyrant is a tyrant yep left or right authoritarianism is still authoritarianism and i have one of my biggest fears is that when depending on who runs If Trump gets back in office, my biggest fear is that that knee-jerk reaction is going to swing the pendulum from one side of authoritarianism to the other. All right. So here's my opinion. I don't want Trump to win. I think Trump should sit in the background and be the kingmaker because they're the ones who actually have the power and go, I like him. I don't like him. I like him. I don't like him. And he could create, instead of the GOP, the TOP, the Trump only party right hey to be honest with you a lot of the the senators and congressmen and and political leaders that have followed trump have been pretty consistent yeah no i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just saying that he would have more power within the party if he was the kingmaker instead of running for office unfortunately that means everybody's going to be like desantis needs to run quit trying to steal my fucking governor assholes he needs to be in fucking Florida. It's one of the few bastions of freedom still in this fucking country. Fucking get away from my governor. Just saying. I mean, I mean, if he would move up here to Kentucky, I'd be happy. I've got, I've got Uncle Andy, and that, that, that's the smiling, smiling fascist is what I like to call him. Okay. Uh, now he, I know that the odds of DeSantis listening to this is me love you a long time. No, just kidding. <laughs> No, I like I like ninety percent of the I like ninety percent of the stuff he does, but I will like ninety five percent of the stuff he does if he actually follows through and he passes the legislation to make Florida constitutional carry. It's about fucking time. Let's get this shit done. We're number one in freedom everywhere. We need to sit here and fucking take that spot when it comes to constitutional carry. I will say you're a little bit behind the times, my friend. I know we're, I, we would only be the 22nd state to do it. I get it. It took us a long time, but there's no fucking excuse. Tyranny is on the rise. You see here and he allowed us to sit here and that if we feel threatened that we can continue to drive our vehicles unimpeded. <laughs> Trust me. I think if. I th- I think if you ask more most Floridians, that law can be replaced with constitutional carry. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Or, or, or put or them together. <laughs> constitutional carry or you know equal opportunity speed bumps. 
Well, I looked into that law. <laughs> you have to actually be in fear for your life and be able to prove it. And well, if you, you and I are and, screwed then because we're not scared of anything. And well, besides if, your wife. And if you weld a fucking cattle guard to the front of your truck, it's considered premeditated and it doesn't count. <laughs> what if I raise cows? Doesn't matter. Damn. Well, I guess I won't be able to use the big saw blades. <laughs> oh, no, you know, let's let's get back on topic here for a second. Though we we've we've kind of talked a little bit about how it gets to martial law, and we we touched a little bit about why it's terrifying. The how to place this? Do you remember? Is it fish and tacos? What was her name? Fish nuggets and tacos, or something like that, it was a, a popular TikToker, you know, liberal sleaze bag in the military. Says, oh, yeah, well, her, you, her, yeah, 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 okay. Like, have you ever heard of martial law? That's where your rights end. If you're on the other end of my gun, you're my enemy. That is the textbook definition. Whatever the military leader says is against, you know, it makes you the enemy. They have carte blanche to handle it. However, yeah. Look at look at New you, Orleans during Hurricane <laughs> Katrina. They went through and rounded up guns from law-abiding citizens trying to protect themselves and failed to pick up guns from the people that were actually trying to rob them. It's it's ass backwards. Take your worst case scenario and just even if their houses were not damaged and they still had power. They went into your house and they confiscated your guns. Mhm. It's terrifying because you have no rights. Like you can literally, that is, everybody talks about oppression or, or you know, it, it's, it's racial profiling. Really? Well, a police officer still is held accountable if he shoots you. The soldier is not if it is in a time of war. Actually, most, most authority that is abu- people that abuse power in times of uh, martial law don't ever get in trouble. For the exercise of that power. Because they can just say we were following orders during a time of national emergency, natural disasters, or wartime footing, and martial law was declared. Which means your rights are literally over. Just saying. You don't get to stand up. Yeah. Yes, I do. Because I'm a motherfucking American. If it means I go down in a hail of bullets, okay. (laughs) Well, and that's a terrifying thing because we're, we're each step closer. And just remember that when martial law is finally declared, which I don't think is that far away, when it's finally declared, I would like to remind you over the last six months, they have been purging our military. Of people who would stand up. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's insane. Th- think the, the darkest, most horrible wartime movie you've ever seen. Right. Um, that's kind of what you're looking at when you come to martial law. You have no rights to food. You have no rights to shelter, to water, to even walk down the street. They could declare a curfew at any time. And if you're caught doing certain things, you can be shot simply because it's security. You yep. can be pre- you can be imprisoned for no other reason than you looked at somebody wrong. Although find some legitimate reason, but you're, you literally put yourselves and some people think that this is a great thing. But that was one of the things that I was worried about during the, the, the summer of love is that martial law was going to be instated. You mean the Insurrection a, Act? Yeah, well, I thought it was going to be that swing to authoritarianism because everybody was – with everybody burning, looting, and fighting and everybody else that was left you know, having to pick up the mess and were angry about it, that swing, if that had started, that would have sparked we'd be in a whole different world right now. Fair. But not one that I'd like any better. Yeah, right. So, we're going to end the, the episode right around here. We're over an hour already. <laughs> but well, uh, we just started. Right. But our next episode, we're going to talk about UFOs. What, really? Yeah, it is decided. Oh. There's a reason for it. Oh shit. So anyhow. <laughs> All right. So anyhow, with that, I'm Odin. This is Tear. And thank you for joining us on another episode of Winter's Call. And yes, definitely UFOs next time. Awesome. <laughs>
The Matrix is a system, Neo. That system is our enemy. But when you're inside, you look around, what do you see? Businessmen, teachers, lawyers, carpenters. The very minds of the people we are trying to save. But until we do, these people are still a part of that system, and that makes them our enemy. You have to understand, most of these people are not ready to be unplugged. And many of them are so inert, so hopelessly dependent on the system, that they will fight to protect it. Are you listening to me? The preceding podcast is brought to you by Heimdall, Keeper of the Bifrost.